Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. We're having a conversation today with some friends of ours that we are just really excited about doing something a little bit different for today's service. Just to be really honest with you, no, like, just no pretenses on it. I don't know if you guys know, but today is Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, right? And we are also in the middle of Black History Month, which as a church, come on, that believes in the diversity and in being leaders and healing and reconciliation. We were looking at this Sunday like, how are we going to talk about everything that we want to talk about on this Sunday? And then, but I believe that leaders look at challenges as opportunities. And I believe that we're able to do a lot of things at the same time. So we're gonna have a conversation today about what your personal team looks like. What does the team in your life look like? And what that means is what are the relationships in your life look like? Because you can't win with a single talent team. You have to win with a diverse team in your life. And I believe that the avenue and the the venue that God gave us for that is the relationships that he brought into our lives. So we're really just going to let you in on a conversation today with some of our great friends. Jason and Kelly Daniels are going to come up here. If you know them, you know, I don't know where they are, but I know they're here. I saw them today. Oh, here they come. Come on on over. Guys, we love these guys so much. They are incredible leaders in our community, incredible people, and so we're just excited to sit down and have a conversation, really the kind of conversations that we have whenever we catch up with them, but we wanted you all to be part of it today as well. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Where are we going here? feel this is always the awkward part like oh who goes away? I was gonna sit here. there that's my better side <laughs> right, right I don't want everyone to see Jason this. has no bad sides oh happy Valentine's Day yes. <laughs> <laughs> she wants a little more than Jay Alexander's all right <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this oh my goodness okay but we do have to remember that other people are here like that's yes. right that's it's true. a conversation just between us but not like and it's being so we're letting other people not all that's the right. way yes, yes. yeah yeah Okay, so before we get too deep into conversation about team and, and personal lives and diversity, all those kinds of things, what's your pick for the Super Bowl? If, if someone was a betting person, who should they be betting on? Well, I'm from Ohio, so I think it's okay. a given. Yeah. Come on, Bengals. Yeah. Okay, good. There you go. Faithful good. We're in agreement team. then. That's it. Kelly? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the best team to win. I'm for everyone. I don't have a pick. There you go. You're for everyone. <laughs> I'm for everyone. I just... Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's such a mum so thing like to say. Right. I don't, I don't yeah. want anybody to And I'll be to lose. running for office next January. Right. Right. Precisely. Precisely. Oh. It's the truth. So, um, so I think that this is, if you've been tracking with the Super Bowl, then you know that this is a really interesting year, in particular because of the, super, uh, the, the quarterbacks that are playing, right? And so you know that this is the first time in like forever that there hasn't been one of the main keynote quarterbacks from like the last 20 two years or something like no Brady no of these great names that many of us have grown up with and so we've got Matt Stafford who's going to be leading the Rams and then we've also got Joe Burrow who's going to be leading the Bengals okay so if you didn't know then now you know okay and so one of the things that I find really interesting and I want to throw out there is that Matt Stafford has been the quarterback for the Lions 
for like the last decade, okay? And, and the Lions are terrible, right? And, and he wasn't going to make a, a Super Bowl. We're pretty close to Detroit for being, you know. And he wasn't, he wasn't going to make the Super Bowl with the Lions, and yeah. so now he's obviously shifted to over in the West Coast. So what I want to ask you is, is the question about if you're in a team that isn't performing, hmm. then what should you do so that you can... Man, babe, no warm-up. I'm going no straight into like, it. Right. There's a limited should, time. Should you we be like that. Matt Stafford and go find a team that is going to get you to the Super Bowl, or should you stick it out? And, and how, do you know, how do you know the difference? How do you know when it's good to stick out, and how do you know when it's good to, to shift up your surrounding and your relationships? Well, sometimes I think it's really just based on some look, sometimes people are just blessed or they just they're just lucky, right? And at the end of the day, you can put in all of your effort for five years, ten years to pursue whatever your dreams or your yeah. callings or whatever those things are, and it looks like it's not happening for you. But that's that's a part of life, right? And so sometimes it's not about necessarily abandoning your team or leaving behind anybody. And sometimes it is. But what I will say is it is I think the focus really should be when you think about him in particular, it is he kept showing up. Leaders yeah. show up. Yeah, that's great. He kept showing up, right? He was there for his team regardless, yeah. and he was putting his best effort in until it was time to do something else. Mm. And I think that a lot of times we, we look at, especially with you know, social media and Instagram, we look at so many other things and where they are. We need to really focus on where are we supposed right. to be at the time of life where we're supposed to yeah, be there. Right, because if right. we're called to impact people's lives, sometimes you're not there necessarily to win, you're there to win other people. And yeah. you're there to support them in their journey of success. Yeah, yeah. So that's what yeah. I would say to that. So good. So good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, part of what it made me think, am I allowed to answer too? I know we're like, <laughs> sure. yes. Okay, great. Yes. Well, it made me think about when you were asking that question, like about Michael Jordan though. And because if you watched the documentary or if you're like a basketball fan that tracked that when he was with the Bulls, they were like in this winning position. And then he went away for a little bit and they weren't winning. They didn't win. Right. And then he came back. And I don't think that's just because obviously he is like an incredible, the greatest of all time. But I also think that part of the way he played brought out the best in his team. And so that's what I thought about is like, Maybe, maybe change teams, but maybe be the kind of player that brings the rest of the team all the way up right. with you and, and brings the best out of your teammates. Good. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, so, so then I'd ask you that, like, specifically in our, in our families, in our relationships that we have, whether it's in your community or whether it's in your workplace or whatever it is, how do you do that? How do you pull the best out yeah. of the people that are, that are in your community then? That's great. Yeah, I think you, I think you first take a look at I love to talk to people about their strengths right and your strengths are not always what you think you're good at it's what others yeah. tell you you're good at right so good. Uh, and so the, the one thing I would say is you know taking a look at your strengths and what you can bring to the team and what the, and, and where they would have the opportunity to learn something sometimes we do what I would call um, sometimes we hold back a little too much mm. we withhold I call it the spirit of withholding because you know there are leaders sometimes, they know they could help you. They know they could serve as a mentor or wow. provide a word of advice. And for those people who have sort of that, that in them where, for whatever reason, they don't want to share, they, don't wanna, they see a need in front of them and they don't want to help you meet it, wow. um, that is something I think as leaders we have to be careful of and we have to really pay attention to. But I also think paying attention to your strengths and then 
leveraging those strengths for others because we should be look when we leave here we should leave empty right yeah, yeah. and leaders yeah. should always be at a place where we're pouring as long as we have what's on the inside to right. give that's one perspective that i have yeah yeah i like that i think i would add that uh, the other part of recognizing and being aware of your own strengths is recognizing with a team that you may be um, attracted to or might be interested in you saying what you really need is not me Right. Mm. And so, but you have to be self-aware and mature yeah, enough right. to say, I'm really honored that you asked me. I would love to do it and not think of yourself more highly than you yeah, are, right? So I really don't have what you really need, but let me help you find it so yeah. that your team, so I can connect you with someone so or with, with other skills, resources, things like that to get you to where you really want to be because it's not about me, yeah, right? So good. Um, and not kind of um, also withholding or hoarding opportunities, yeah. right, yes. for other people. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, when you're in certain positions, people are consistently asking, like, it's only one person who can do something. That's not how it works. Yeah. There are so many people um, so who good. have skills and resources that yeah. you can tap. So if good. only you would look at them and if the people in the positions that might be getting the consistent ask would say, you know what? It might be time for that. someone else to yeah, do absolutely. it or I don't have what it What I love about that is that comes from such an authentic place because mm -hmm. I've seen you guys do that. I've been in meetings with you guys where you've gone, actually, we're not the best person for this. Yeah. I've been in meetings where you are in situations. I mean, I can think of a really specific one where we, we had someone else at a table and we said, oh, we might want you guys to come too. And you guys said, actually, that yeah. person is fully capable. Yeah. And if we come into that space because we've had more experience at it, right. people are going to gravitate to us, but they're totally capable. Yeah. Let absolutely. them lead now. Yeah, like absolutely. that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I think the, I think the other thing too is it teaches you a healthy level of self-awareness yeah. yeah. at the end of the day. We should know who we are, yeah. right? And we should also know what our capacities and our limitations yeah. are. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's someone else that may be there. Maybe they're not as polished or they don't have everything right. But if you could walk with them through whatever that team or leadership or friendship journey is, you can help to get them there, right? Yeah. So it's not always about taking credit. It's, it's not always about being the quarterback. It's about sometimes just being the person who's willing to lend a hand along the journey. Yeah, that's so good. When you think about like your different strengths and other people's different strengths, why do you think it matters who our friends are, who the circle that we roll with is, or the people that we invite into, you know, kind of the close-knit community that we do life with? Why does that make a difference? Yeah. We take it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I happen to think that uh, when, I, when I look at my friends, my friendship circle, you know, our friends are in tears, right? Everyone we're not going to tell our most yeah. personal things to. Right. Uh, but or when I shouldn't. Or we, okay. or we shouldn't. If or you've we shouldn't. Heard that or we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think having a diversity of friends teaches you how to accept other people's viewpoints mm. in a good, healthy way. Yeah. I think it teaches you also to have a different perspective because other people's lives, how they grew up, what they've experienced, how they celebrated or had traumas. Yeah. It, it, it helps you have a different perspective because when we're in our own world, we are in our own world. The other thing it helps you to do is it helps you to love. When you are working with people at work or you, are, you have friends as we all do, close friends, acquaintances, we sometimes differ in our opinions. Yeah. And it teaches you how to love through that. Every, every friendship doesn't need to be difficult or hard, right? Mm -hmm. But it just teaches you how to love, which is what God tells us to do. So that diversity brings rich experiences beyond sometimes just food and, food and hanging out, you know, to help you also grow and live in life. Yeah.
I love that. And I would add, I think, you know, having a diverse group of friends also helps you gain knowledge, skills, experience that you don't have to live through on your own. I know having friends that have children that are older than my child who yeah. walk through teenage years, who have adult children, uh, they're great resources for me. And just to, for them to share their life and be vulnerable to talk about uh, the wins, the, the, the downs, kind of the, 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 just yeah. the, the trials um, of, of walking and navigating that is beneficial to me as a yeah. single woman um, it was beneficial to have people who were happily single yeah. uh, in, in you know in my life and talking to me that we could share and hang out having women who have been married for a long time yeah. um, or just older women in general have been beneficial to me I remember when Jason and I were engaged and I was like I mean I'm still like that I have like goo goo eyes for him right like yes. he is the best thing since sliced bed you know bread he's all that and a bag of potato chips he is everything stay so focused, focused. come on happy valentine's day <laughs> you know. uh, come on come on she's working it i'm working it. i'm working it. give me a mic and i will tell you all about him no um i know i know but anyway but anyway but but in all seriousness having i remember being engaged and talking about how in love i was and having yeah. um some women that were older and been married for a long time they said but what are you gonna do how are you, how are you gonna be married and be a good wife when you don't like him hmm. you know when he does yeah. something that you don't like and he's not yeah. oohing and eyeing over you and bringing yeah. you flowers all the time how are then are you gonna look at um being a wife and yeah, supporting your so marriage good. and i was like um can we go to coffee and talk yeah. about it yeah, you know yeah. i don't know how i'm gonna yeah. do that so you have all of those things that yeah. having different ages different perspectives helps help you walk through your life yeah. i think yeah it's yeah. so good for real it's so good i remember after phil and i had been married i don't know how long year two years whatever and we had gotten into like an argument and blah blah and it was a day or two yeah we'd probably been married <laughs> right, for like right. we'd been married for like right. 10 hours and yeah. um no but i was making our lunches for the next day we were making lunches to go to work and that was part of what i did at that time and i remember like i was like so upset with him still and i was like making these lunches and packing them up and like getting everything yeah, ready yeah. still and like and swapping out like oh he doesn't like that side with it so I'll put this one with it but I'm still like so upset and I remember I just felt the Holy Spirit go like oh that's love now now you know you really love him yeah. because I still wanted him to have like his lunch ready the <laughs> right. next day and I still <laughs> wanted it liked, to be right. right even though I was like oh he's so he's so wrong and I'm still gonna let him know <laughs> right but right yeah. while you're that's ironing his clothes yeah, like yeah. I want you to have a good day at work honey <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> but you're gonna look good while you're right, there right, right. yeah that's great so you guys just touched on something that really you specialize in, that you've got a heart for diversity, equity, and yeah. inclusion. You lead a lot of organizations through these conversations about how to make sure that we are diverse in our communities. And obviously, organizationally, we are as a church. But what I want to ask you is, how do we do that personally? Because yeah. it's one thing to come to a church like this and then to be seated next to people that look like you and seated next to people that don't look like you. Yep. But how do I make sure, maybe I grew up in an all white community, maybe I grew up right. in an all black community, all Hispanic community, whatever, and when I come here, it's different for me and my home life doesn't look the same. Mm -hmm. My community doesn't look the same, the yeah. people that I'm texting doesn't look the same. How do I, what, what, what advice would you give so that I can start approaching that? And I, I want that, but I just don't know how yeah. to enter into that. Yeah. You know, one of the benefits of being a member of, of this church is that there's diversity all around us. We can see it. Uh, th there's lots of cultures here. We have an international global ministry. Yeah. But the one thing I want to say is be careful. Mm 
because you don't get extra credit for that. Mm -hmm. Because you show up on Sundays and you volunteer, you sing in the choir, that is not enough. At the end of the day, when you go home, who are you calling? Who are you speaking with and talking to? Who are you having lunch with? And and it's not just about race. It's also about culture and religion and ethnicity and so many other various ways and forms of, of people with um, sometimes individuals who may have a, a disability. Right. Yeah. Um, so the question for you is, when you think about, don't think about where you go. Well, I go to Barnes & Noble on the east side, and so, you know, it's more than that. It's, it's, the, it's creating a, a, the rich opportunities. <laughs> Super is there a Barnes & Noble on the east side? No, there's not. Not that I'm aware of. But in downtown Baltimore, there is. But when you think about, but when you think about the, the richness that could come to your relationships, yeah. you need to be proactive. Good. And then, like you said, so what does that look like? It means stretching yourself just a little bit more, maybe at work, inviting someone to coffee. Uh, you don't always have to invite everybody into your home. You can invite someone to coffee, you can invite someone, uh, you can join a book club, you can show up to a certain part or volunteer, as we do during Vow Week, and volunteer in a part of, the, of a community. And don't just do it once. Keep putting yourself in those situations that sometimes may make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about learning. And the one thing I know Kelly said to me is that a lot of times people don't want to put themselves in that environment because they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to offend anybody, right? But sometimes how do you know unless you're in, in, in that particular moment? The other thing I'll say there too is it also depends. A lot of times we don't reach out to people and we don't want to have a diverse group of people around us or in our lives because of how we grew up. So let's just go ahead and deal with it right now. Some of us were in houses where we heard derogatory comments, statements made about certain ethnicities, religions. And sometimes it's because of either ignorance, uh, people don't know, they don't understand. And here we are in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and we don't invite people into our life because of the way we grew up or what we heard our parents say or do. And I'm telling you, you can, you can, it's okay for you to change your mind. You can have a different perspective. And you don't have to hide those relationships from your kids and from your family members either. You can go public about it as small or as large as you want to. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, will, I want to dig deeper into that because I think that's like one of those barriers, right? One of the things I love doing is going, okay, how do we, how do we pull barriers at to help people really experience what God has for them? And I think that becomes one of those barriers of the twofold. One, I've embodied some of those thoughts. I've embodied some right. of those beliefs. And then two, I'm really actually afraid what my, like, what my community of origin is going to do with this, with this new relationship, this new space, this new person or culture that I'm, I'm bringing into my life. So how do you break down your own kind of thought patterns that you've maybe grown up with or started to believe? And then how do you start to walk into bringing that into like the fullness of your life? Not being like, oh, I have this secret friend from a different race than me but I'm not really sure how to tell my you know like my my real friend group about it yet yeah that's a very interesting question honestly because I think we can read stuff you can learn but you you almost have to be willing to do it at the same time right so we can't wait it's just it's kind of like coming to Christ right you can't wait till you get all your stuff together go on and come and you're gonna work it out as you go yeah it's the same thing in most relationships you know like go ahead and and stretch yourself as Jason said and then and be honest I have a really good friend um, who invited me to a um, county fair about Mm -hmm. a couple couple years ago and um, we've been friends for a long time she's a different 
um, ethnicity than me. And um, I'm she's we white. White people, go right? To <laughs> I go to county fairs too sometimes. But yes, yes, she is. No, she's Hispanic. No, um, but anyway, invited me out, yeah. and she realized when she got there, and she called me, and she said, "Are you still coming?" And I thought, "Yeah, yeah I might be coming." And she said, "Well, I just want to let you know, I realized today for maybe the first time that there's a lot of paraphernalia out here that might make you uncomfortable wow. as a black person." Wow. And she said, "I." didn't want to say I don't want to say not to come but like what do we do do you still feel okay coming and I love that she called me and told me and was also trusted that I would not then judge her right for her friends that might have this paraphernalia on their RV or in their stand and I was like you know what girl thank you and I was like we'll figure it out as we go you know and so I think it's a lot of that um, openness and if you've never had a a close friend that you perceive as really different than you Mm -hmm. then being okay with saying I don't know if this is the right way to say it but here's what it is or here's a question that I have and you know when you have friends that are again what you perceive very different from you they're not always there to give you lessons and teach you all day either that's right right. Um, so it's not like well tell me about your hair tell me about you know what whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff is yes. right it's it's really um i think approaching the relationship authentically yeah. and um being comfortable with owning your own awkwardness sometimes around yeah. it and uncomfortability mm-hmm. and just saying i might mess it up but here's what i'm thinking what do you yeah. think i love that yeah. i think that's what the awkwardness is what i was thinking yeah. something that phil i think does so Why are well are you touching me when you're like <laughs> let me Awkward. talk about awkwardness no, right now no, it's valentine's day i'm trying to compliment you if you'll let me get there <laughs> all right because I think I'm about my dancing again. one of the things that you do so well, I think, and have taught me to do is to embrace the awkward yeah. in relationships and, and, and with people. And that's what sometimes I think, especially when we're trying to grow, we have to, like your friend, just go, I don't really know how to do this or say this, right. or this is kind of awkward and uncomfortable for me, yeah. but here we go right. to really move into those spaces of growth. And I think that's something you're incredibly good at. And let me say this too, I think in any relationship, it is so uncomfortable. If you perceive sometimes that there's going to be conflict, none of us like that. So yeah. sometimes we, mm-hmm. we stay good. away or we avoid or we gravitate towards people who are really similar to us yeah. because we don't want any kind of conflict right, right. in our life. We're right. like, I don't know if they're going to ask me about this question. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know I'm going to be awkward and uncomfortable and we don't yeah. like it. But really being brave enough to do something through those feelings is how you expand, um, I think, your relationship base and um, get to live in the fullness of life that you can have with friends. So good. I love that. So so I'm going to ask you, I'm glad that we're having this conversation today um, because sometimes it takes a traumatic event or a horrible event to take place before we start having conversations like this. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation today. I want to ask you, at the end of the day, why, why does it matter? Why does having a diverse group of people around you matter from a, from a spiritual perspective, a kingdom perspective, but also just from a, like a natural perspective? Why does it matter at the end of the day? Other than like, it's like just saying it, it's good for you or like it's, it's important. Yeah. Why? Why does it matter? Because someone today might be sitting here thinking, well, like my whole group of people around me look just like me. And if you're going to challenge that, let's talk about why. Why does yeah. that actually matter at the end of the day? What does the Bible say about it? What's your perspective on it? Well, I can say from personal experiences, 
you know, I, I did not get saved and start really going to church until I was about 14. So my aunt would come, and she'd pick me up, and she'd bring me to church. And it was a Baptist church, and there was one white person there. And I grew up in a neighborhood and an environment where there was not a lot of white people around, people who didn't look like me. I was very comfortable. But when I got to junior high school, uh, I started to see different people, experience different things, cultures. People were inviting me to their homes, and, um, and, and I began to understand. And, and I liked what I saw. It, hap- it happened to make, make life, life richer. But the one thing that I, I have to say I came back to at such an early age was I realized it taught me the importance of the love that Christ was talking about in his church. Yeah. And I was not perfect at 14, 15, 16, but I, I, was, I learned enough. Like, so this love thing actually goes beyond wow. the people in my church of 300 people. And it goes yeah. beyond me going to, at that time, Ponderosa. All you can eat, little. Remember, you remember the, you remember Ponderosa? Don't act like you don't know. You know, I know you're I'm telling your age. Wings Come on. today. Come on now. On before today. there was before That's there was the loudest the, this church has been today. Talking about Ponderosa. 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 Before there was Golden Corral, we all know there was Ponderosa. But but what it taught me was, I started to see and hear and experience things from some of my friends that were negative that were derogatory. There were statements that they were asking me about my culture and my race, and I I was not prepared for that. But I kept going back to, what did the Bible say I'm supposed to do, right? And so I stood there, and I I continued to have the conversations. I continued to walk through the doors. And so I would have to say that I think at the end of the day, it teaches us how to love. Christ himself was around all types of people that sometimes today, We shy away from it. We don't want them to come to church. We don't want to show up where they are. We don't want. We only want to be friends with them when it's convenient for us. Or we feel like we can help them. Or we feel like we can help them, right? Come on. But at the end of the day, when you really read the word, Christ was around everyone. Yeah. From every walk of life, and He said that it was our responsibility. We are called to love. So for me, at an early age, I learned one of the best ways for me to live the life that Christ lived from me before I asked for favor and wealth and all of those things was to love and have that love in my heart and to try to walk that out as Christ did. So when he says Christ loved the church, he's talking about you and he's talking about the people outside of these walls that are still laying in bed and your neighbors that you don't wave to in the mornings because you have a thought about them. So, so we have to love. I think that that is the most critical thing for me. Uh, It is about love. And it's, and it, again, again, it teaches me what all of my biases are as I'm walking it out as well. Yeah. That's so good. I think, and I would add on to that by saying, I mean, you talked about how do we, uh, why is it valuable to us in the natural? And you talk about um, spiritually, Jason so eloquently um, shared that <laughs> I'm on it today. I'm on it. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, um, I think functionally as believers, if we want to make an impact in our regions, no matter where you are in the world, where you are in the United States, um, you have to be able to be well-versed and know how to communicate uh, with so many different people. And you, as a believer, if you call yourself a leader, if you say that you want to make an impact, you say you want to bring down strongholds and communities, you have to be the kind of person that gets invited to tables that don't look like the table that you're around all the time. And so, you know, you you want to, um, and and not for the purpose of just trying to convert people all the time, for the purpose of helping. I did, when I was, um, right after college, I had the opportunity to do a fellowship where I lived in a house and I worked with and studied and, um, and 
worked um, with a Muslim, um, someone who was Baha'i faith, a Buddhist, um, some other Christian students, and someone who was um, virtually like agnostic, right? And the whole point of it was how do, what are the commonalities between us that will allow us to serve in community, right? So if we're talking about tackling hunger, homelessness, human trafficking, and all that kind of stuff, I'm not concerned about all the other ways that we may disagree, but we can get together on this right here. And so I'm trying, so for me, that is a very big motivator for um, being able to know the language of communication and being able to work through what I may perceive as different to, again, impact community as well. And I think as believers, that's what we're called to do. That's so good. And that's, it's perfect because one of the, I think, things that I hear people say that is is a fear for getting into spaces outside of where they come from is how they how do you hold on to and be true yeah. to what you are, what you believe, while still stretching yourself to get into these new spaces? I hear right. that on micro and macro things, right? Yes. Like, yeah. how do I make sure I don't lose my faith? As well as, you know, we hear a lot of conversation about like, well, I don't want to lose my culture of where I came from by right. getting involved in this. Right. So how have you found ways to go, I'm in a lot of spaces with a lot of people, but I also, I know who I am and I know what I believe. Right, right. I think... Part of it is realizing that every time you show up, you don't have to lead with, you know, trying to convert someone or leading with talking about your prayer life and all that kind yeah. of stuff. If we're at the table to talk about business, we don't need to talk about that today. And usually your life will bring people to yes. you and create an opportunity right. for you to That's have right. conversations. Yeah. They'll say, people say to us all the time, man, I've never worked with a, um, a boss or a manager or someone like that who always kept their word. And I'm like, really? Let me tell you why I keep my word. Yeah, right. Good. It gives Good. me an opportunity and a door. I've yeah. never worked. They're like, I, I worked with young people a lot um, from, I would say, junior high through college age, yeah. and I wasn't, they, I'm not their best friend every day. I wasn't there. Come on, all the people that work in um, yeah, educational yeah, yeah, systems, yeah, yeah, right? right? My brother and sister-in-law are out right. there and some other people, but you're delivering news and trying to lead them and yeah. correct them and discipline them sometimes, and they don't like it, but years and years later, they say, but you were always fair, and you were just, yeah. and you were Consistent. loving when yeah. you did it, and so, so it creates good. an opportunity to have some of those conversations, so yeah. that's, that's, I think, a big part of it for yeah. me is you would say the way that you live your life yes. in that space yes. becomes more of a witness of who right. you are than trying to come in and just yeah. like be like and sometimes it is the, it is the opportunity and it is the moment to lead with that lead yeah. with witnessing and lead with um with that conversation but oftentimes it's not um yeah. and so just kind of yeah navigating yeah, yeah. that and I think personally I think you have one of my favorite uh sermons you preached of really in my life, and I've talked about it a lot, is when you did your series on a messy God. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think yeah. if you, if there's something that you could buy or download today about teaching, and you yeah. taught it and really laid it out really well about how God is not afraid of our mess, yeah. and what we as Christians consider mess, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know if I, you know, they're struggling with alcoholism, and I don't know if I want to go yeah. to the bar with them, because then people are going to think I drink. Yeah, yeah. Jesus would have went, right. come on, yeah. somebody, yeah. if somebody is, you know, and, and how we think about it, because we'll, we, we want to categorize oftentimes the stuff that, again, we can help people with, but we don't yeah. want to talk about lying, right. backbiting, gossiping, right. come on. Right, right, and right. you'll talk to gossipers, but you won't talk to somebody who you think is an adulterer. Yep. 
Come right. on. And it's and so you I think your that message is yeah. so is so good. I think really beautifully so download it today. Yeah, it was years um, ago. It was, yeah. it was, but it stands out in my in my yeah. mind as a really mm. beautiful way of talking about what, G, what Jason said around how Jesus kind of moved. And I would love today if you did like a day in the life of Jesus today, like yeah. on your YouTube yes. series, it would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You would talk to a lot of people, I think, and go into a lot of spaces that would make Christians probably very uncomfortable. Yeah. Can I, yeah. And I just want to say, too, in, in a lot of the places where we get the opportunity to, to go and to be, I can't tell you the number of meetings, business meetings, weddings. We meet people, we're talking to them, who will pull us to the side and say, and they'll do the same for you, where they'll pull you to the side and say, you know what, uh, are you a Christian? They'll just say, are, are, you, are you saved? Are you? And you, you answer the question, and you know what they'll say? They'll say, this is the first time I have ever seen a Christian person act or respond to me in that way or wow. love me in that way. And sometimes wow. they had just met you or maybe they just saw something, you know, as, as yeah. John Livingston mentioned earlier, the Lord gives us a light to attract people. Come on. And sometimes we dim our light on purpose yeah. and we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You pray for the opportunity to minister and to be a, a witness to people. But of all faith. So we, I think when you open that up, those opportunities in your heart, yeah. people will find you. You don't have to really seek them out. People will find you and start to talk to you. And you can share life with them and they can share life with you yeah. without all of those, some of those barriers yeah. and those issues and those biases that we've sometimes come to the table with or harbored in our heart. That's so good. I think one last thing on that. I think you touched upon saying, like, even as uh, on an individual basis when we're in relationship with people, I think you have to be mature as well, though, mm -hmm. right? So if, you're, if you come across someone you're dealing with, is dealing with a situation that you also struggle with, yeah. I think you have to be sensitive to that and say, you know what? Absolutely. We might need to connect you with somebody else yeah, on this issue right. because I am not yet through this, yeah, right? Totally. Um, so yeah. I think it's just important to add that there when yeah. we're talking about yeah. um, not running away from people, right, and not yeah. being afraid of maybe the situation that they're in, but also being mature and self-aware and where you are in your journey and saying, I might not be the person to get you through this moment. Let me yeah. connect you with someone else. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think that's so good. Yeah. 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 What would you say in terms of then just practically um, how you like someone leaves here today and they look and they go, my personal team, my circle looks a lot like me. It's in the same age bracket. It's in the same, you know, uh, demographic, socioeconomic. Yeah, thanks, babe. Same, you know, everybody looks like me. We all, you know, like, I love, like, those people you meet, and they're like, literally, I hang out with the same people I went to high school with. Like, right. you know, and now they're in their 30s. It's easy yeah. to do. And there's yeah. something kind of cool about that, but you also go, hey, your life should have expanded a little bit. What's, right. like, one or two, like, hey, this is your thing that you need to do today that you'd take from that? Well, a lot of times... Uh Sometimes there's missed opportunities. Yeah. So I don't think we have to look very far, right? And I also don't think we have to go find somebody brand new. The reality yeah. is you have worked there's with someone. Yeah. There's someone right yeah. in your sphere. Yep. Sitting next to them right It could be now. the mailman. It could be right. the person delivering your, your newspaper. It's the, it's the barista at the coffee shop or at Starbucks. I mean, they're right there, and they're yeah. talking to you every day. And I think when you pray and you say, okay, Lord, where are the people? They're right in front of you, and he will show you who to talk to. And I think that's a practical thing. But I think what's even more practical than that is taking the step to do it, yeah. right? Quit talking yourself out of doing it and just do it. And just yeah. sometimes even the, the person who's ringing you up at the Dollar Tree 
can be the next person who is on your acquaintance list yeah, that you might want to yeah. become friends with, right? So you just never know. I don't think you have to look very far from my perspective. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sit, sit somewhere different. Sit with a different family when you're watching your kids play their sport. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Sit, yep. Don't sit by the people you sit by right. all the time. Come to church. Sit, go to a different kind of program. Sit in a different sit, seat even here. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at your lunchtime, you know, again, we talk about at work ask some different people to to coffee or to you know or for lunch or yeah. sit somewhere different i think those kind of things get you out of just exactly who you are communicating with all the time yeah. and expand your horizons a little so bit good. very simple yeah. very so simple yeah. Yeah. all that. those people you scroll and scroll and scroll on facebook and instagram who inbox you and have invited you to coffee <laughs> or you're talking about you know knitting or whatever we keep take saying the next coffee, step. but you know, yeah, it's other step. ways to connect with <laughs> Right, right, right. Take the, just take the next it's step. It's other ways. Yes. <laughs> this is the thought I want you to think about this afternoon. Yeah. If Coach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, we turn on the game and all of a sudden he said, here are seven linebackers, 11 linebackers that are going out on the field right now. This is how I'm starting the game. All of us would be like, bad tactic. we're about to lose this game, guys. Just turn it off now because nothing's winning. But so many of us live our life that way. We live our life showing up every day with people who have the same skill sets, with people who have the same knowledge base, with people who come from the same background as us. And then we look around and we go, why am I not making any progress in my life? Why am I not showing up any differently? Why, don't I, why do I feel like I keep coming up against this one same wall or this one same barrier in, our, in my life? And that's not the way that God designed us to live. God designed us to live in community that looks a lot like us and a lot different from us. I want to read this scripture from 1 Corinthians 12. It's when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. The, the whole chapter is great, but I just for the sake of today pulled out 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is when we are in Christ means there's lots of different parts to your body. He goes on and says things about, could the eye say to the hand, I don't need you? Do our ears get to say to our mouths, you're not any use to us? Do our feet get to say to our knees, well, you're not as good as I am? But that's what we do sometimes, is we say, well, I'm an eye, so I know how eyes work, and I know how eyes behave, and I know the makeup of an eye, and I know the function and the purpose of an eye, so I really just want to hang out with lots of other eyes. And I kind of like to look at hands and go, you're not really as cool as eyes are because you can't see down the road and you can't close and be, be done or what, you know, whatever all of our little things are that we create these circles. But Paul says it shouldn't be this way among us. We should be people who look and say, there's an incredible value that you bring to what God's doing among us. There's an incredibly important part of what's happening that you do, that you bring to the table. One of the things that we have a deep conviction about that is in the fabric of what it means to be part of Cornerstone Church is that all of us should see someone who looks like us doing ministry, doing the things of God, participating, and all of us should see somebody who doesn't look like us doing the things of God, participating in ministry, leading out this life, because it reminds me that people like me 
get to show up and get to be part of what's happening. And it reminds me that it's not just people like me who bring value and who add. I have this experience all of the time. I had it particularly, I was away at a church a few years ago, um, preaching in their Sunday morning service. And literally within this like two minute span, I had this experience. I come off afterwards and I'm talking with people and this young girl comes up to me. She's probably like 19 or something. And she looks at me and she says, I've never seen a young female preach the word. And I want you to know it meant so much to me today. And I was like, man, that, like, that speaks to me so much. So I got to talk to her for a minute. And I I'm, kid you not, I turn around. And this older African-American guy comes up to me. And he goes, I mean, when you got up there, I was like, is this girl going to be able to say anything today? But you really did okay, baby. That was great, right? And truthfully, I have that experience all of the time. And it was like this micro picture of what I hope our whole life is about. That in the same moment, I got to say to this girl, hey, if you look like I do, you get to do this. And I got to say to this man, hey, the people you've always seen do this aren't the only people who get to do this. And that's what I want your life to look like. Not here. I love what John Livingston said. He said, we got to take the Holy Spirit onto the field with us right? We come here and we worship him and we celebrate him and we lift up the name of Jesus and we say the Holy Spirit move in my life. But sometimes then we go into the field of our life and we don't take him there with us. I want the field of your life to look like this. I want the field of your life to say, I have something important to bring to this and you have something important to bring to this as well. So I want everybody to get your phones out for me right now, real quick. Get your, I know it's close to you. Don't act like you're like, oh, where's my phone? Come on, bring it out. Online, bring out your phone, okay? I want you to do one thing real quick. I want you to open up your text messages or open up your calls if you're more of a call person. Look at the last 10 to 15 calls that you have made or text messages that you have sent. Do all of those people look like you? Whatever that means for your context. If they do... Make an intentional decision right now that I'm going to reach out to somebody today. Don't put it off. Today. I'm going to send a message. I'm going to set up a coffee or a dinner or whatever, a walk walk. with somebody who doesn't look like me. And then the other thing that I want you to do is if you're not involved in what's happening We need somebody who looks like you. We need somebody who sounds like you, who comes from where you come from, to be part of declaring Jesus everywhere. So there's a a message, a number. They're going to put up on the screen, five, six, seven, something. There it is. Five, six, seven, two, two, six, three, six, eight, one. If you're not involved in what's happening, somebody needs to have the experience that that young girl and that older man had with me, where they walk in and they see you singing a song, they see you greeting at a door, they see you helping with kids or on a camera, and they go, I didn't know somebody like me could be part of that. And somebody needs to have the experience to go, I didn't know people who looked like that could sing like that. I didn't know people who looked like that could help kids like that. I didn't know people who looked like that knew how to operate cameras. I don't know why we get all of these things in our mind, but you have an important role to play in declaring Jesus absolutely everywhere and making sure that the fabric of our city is transformed for what God is doing in and through us in this church. So if that's you, I want you to just simply text the word 
I don't know what, what do we want him to text? I didn't, I didn't get the word. Me. What's a good word? Me. Text the word me, 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 just me. Because somebody's going to follow up with you. Somebody's going to follow up with you and say, hey, what's your next step? What's the way you can get involved? Some of you, that means getting in a life group so you can have conversations with somebody who doesn't look like you. Some of you, it means getting involved in a team where you can show up and start being part of bringing. Some of you, it simply means having a conversation about what it means to follow Jesus and saying, I actually want to say yes. Next week, we have baptisms, and for somebody, it's your time to make your public declaration of the faith that you've decided to walk out. Whatever that is, just text this number so we can help walk you through what that next step is because it is critical that when people come here, they see somebody that looks like them and somebody that looks different from them participating in what God is doing. Amen, church? Amen. Awesome. Phil, will you pray for us? I'd love to. Father, we're thankful for what you have done during this conversation, for the ways that we have been challenged and encouraged, and for the revelation and the wisdom that has come from this conversation. God, I'm thankful for uh, the trajectory that is being shifted, for the lives that are being changed. And God, I'm thankful, ultimately, that you represent what unity looks like, that you represent what community looks like within yourself, God. And I'm thankful that you created diversity, that diversity is your idea, and that we can have solidarity and that we can have unity even in the midst of diversity. God, I'm thankful that we are better for it. God, I'm thankful that you have called us to be these people. And God, I'm thankful for the words that have come forth today. Let it take good root in your people. In your name, amen. Amen.